0: Welcome to the Kunanago podcast series, Shipping Insights. I'm your host, Sarah Vollmer, Vice President of Global Sea Logistics, Customer Engagement and Events at Kunanago. You and I are about to embark on an exciting journey through the world of sea freight. I've been fortunate enough to have a front row seat to this industry's ups and downs over the past two decades. Now it's my pleasure to bring to you the latest developments, innovations, and solutions in this dynamic industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just curious about logistics, get ready for enlightening conversations and expert insights in our latest episode. Let's dive into the fascinating world of sea freight together and welcome our latest guest. Today's topic is enhanced sea freight visibility in a volatile market. Oh, this is an exciting topic, and I'm sure all of our listeners out there. Really, really want to hear what we're about to talk about today. And with me, I have Catherine Wolf. Catherine is from our German organization. Catherine, why don't you say a few words about yourself?
1: Yes, thank you, Sarah. So thank you so much for having me here. Um, I joined Kunenagel uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, well, since uh, 2018, I'm the responsible product manager for our online platform Seeksperer. So I joined that team um, in 2018, because um, I have a shipping background. I used to work for a larger shipping line before I joined Cunanado. And uh, yeah, that's why I think it's it's a great topic for me to work on.
0: Okay, bringing lots of great insights here then to, then to the organization. So you mentioned Sea Explorer, and, and that's definitely something we really want to talk about today. Now, if those who have been following our podcasts have heard about Sea Explorer a little bit, they also heard it's a boat, but we're not talking about the boat today, right? Uh, No, definitely not. No.
1: And and some (laughs) some people also say, uh, okay, uh, why is the boat Sea Explorer called Sea Explorer? And uh, the product is called Sea Explorer. Uh, So in the
0: end, the product or the online platform that we have
1: was there before the boat was even called Sea Explorer?
0: Ah, that was my next question. Which came first? The whole chicken and the egg? Was it the boat or was it the platform? Ah, but it was the platform. Exactly. Yes. So so with that, I mean it's a great segue, right? Let's talk about it. I mean, what is Sea Explorer, the platform? You know, what is like for me, I'm a customer and well, I was a customer in my previous lives as well. Like, what what do I get out of it? Tell me, tell me more, tell me more. Yeah, sure. So um, let, let me start at a,
1: dip, at a different angle. Okay. So um, if we want to go on vacation, mm-hmm. so we use apps and websites like Porto, like Booking.com, Expedia, or TripAdvisor, right? So we we have right. one platform or one tool, one place where we find all the information that we need. So we do not start our planning or research on individual um, home pages. From airlines, hotels, or or holiday homes.
0: Sure, it's easier to have a one-stop shop to to kind of look for for what you're exactly, but what you're trying to plan, right? Do
1: we do when it comes to our business? What do we do when we need information in order to get our containers and the containers of our customers from A to B? So that's where we started it initially. We said we want to have one single platform where we provide our customers the information they need for their shipment planning and for their supply chain planning when it comes to sea logistics. Okay. And, um, yeah, that, that's basically our, our ambition, that we have an easy-to-use tool and that delivers the information that our customers need and our colleagues need in order to get their job done.
0: Okay, so you mentioned planning, right? And, and I think that it's such a great analogy about trip planning or travel planning, you know, hopefully something we will all be doing more of here these days. Um, but what kind of things can we plan on the Sea Explorer tool? Is it um, routes? Is it I, I know there's some sustainability factor to it? Tell us a little bit more about what we can plan. Yeah, um,
1: so what we say always is explorer is like the, the digital search engine um, for, for container shipping. So it's designed for people in the container shipping business and in the logistics industry um, who need to deal with day-to-day container transport. And um, therefore, this platform combines um, routing details, carrier service information, um, schedules, and everything is very transparent in this one single place. And uh, probably most important nowadays is that we do not just provide how can I get from A to B. I also, uh, as a user, can inform myself about the disruptions that I might take into consideration or might need to take into consideration when I want to um, avoid maybe delays for my shipment.
0: Okay. So that's that's a really, really fun topic, right? I mean, disruption. I think that's all we've talked about here in the last couple of years since the onset of the pandemic and and you know, supply chain as a whole has really, you know, been mainstream media now. So what what would be some ways if I'm a user that I could see some of this disruption on the platform or understand even the the disruptions around the world a bit better? Yeah, no,
1: well it's, it's- very, very easy. So, so on, on the tool, we have a, a big map. Mm-hmm. And on that map, we visualize all the different disruptions that we might need to be aware of or that customers have to be aware of. So these are disruptions late, related to bad weather conditions, uh, related to problems that occur on vessels, like piracy attacks, for example, or accidents engine failure all that stuff and then probably nowadays most important we visualize um, what the situation is in the in the ports around the globe so what is the port status uh, is the a port heavily disrupted slightly disrupted maybe even closed due to various reasons okay and uh, in addition to that we also visualize how many vessels, need to wait currently in front of these ports. Um and uh that yeah makes it crystal clear uh how massively some ports around the world are affected by these disruptions nowadays.
0: Oh absolutely. As I think our listeners know, you know, I'm based in the United States, I'm based in New York, but
1: then I don't have to tell you.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, disruptions, especially in Southern California, I mean, this has really been a norm for us for many, many years. But I think, you know, being able to have that day-to-day visual on it and to, you know, is it going up? Is it going down? What's happening is, is just so important when you're looking and planning your supply chain. So, you know, but now I've got a question. How do we get all this data? I mean, how are you cultivating this and, and feeding it into the platform?
1: So what what we basically do is that we import a lot of bare data mm-hmm. and then we as kuno Naga, we make sense out of that data right so we have we are connected okay. to various sources so we import um schedule and service information from carriers we import uh, news from um different news providers uh we have a lot of uh, yeah Big data and data science that we do on our side in order to calculate emissions for example in order to calculate whether a service is reliable or unreliable uh, whether the transit times that carriers announce in their schedules is, is met or whether they uh, face or, or um, create some some major delays and uh, yeah then we also do a lot of research for example in order to figure out how much co2 is emitted when uh, our customers want to ship their containers?
0: Oh, very interesting. So a couple a couple of things I'm hitting on here from, from your response. One would be really, the, again, going back to our planning conversation, mm-hmm. um, from a transit time. You know, that that is something we hear from customers and potential customers, you know, all around the world. Um, Steamship Line says it's 15 days from Shanghai to LA. Uh, how can that be with, 56 vessels sitting off off the port there, and being able then to look into the platform and say, well, yeah, sure, they might say it's 15, but the reality in using this big data and this you know this AI that we have, we're actually able to say it's really about you know 24 these days. So that's that's a really I think great tool um, that folks can be using to better hone in on you know what their overall lead times should be. But then also this, the CO2 thing, you know, I know it's been tough. And, you know, we have we talked about this in a couple of different of our series, you know, sustainability is, is such an important topic as a whole. And I think with the pandemic, and with the crises, in essence of the supply chain, you know, situations that we've been dealing with, it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat, but. I think we all want to know more here about, you know, what is, how is it calculating CO2? Why is this important? Um, And then especially as folks are, you know, really starting to pivot and really starting to, you know, refocus on some of these bigger initiatives, not just how the heck am I going to get my stuff from point A to point B? How does this become such a more important factor in in their planning purposes?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now the, the major issue is, okay, how do we can get our, our stuff in and out of the port, uh, in and out of the warehouse and all that? Uh, nevertheless, um, climate change is affecting us all. And, um, therefore I think it will, it will be a topic, even if it's maybe right now it little hidden, but as soon as we get to, to a more or less uh, normal working environment again, we will all be asked to to contribute to to less uh, CO2 emissions. So um, choosing and providing environmental transportation solutions that are sustainable um, is certainly becoming more and more important in order to fight climate change. Right, And uh, it's also not just because of fighting climate change, but it's also because consumers ask for sustainable products and goods and transport certainly has a major impact, whether a product is sustainable or not. So, in the end, in general, transport greenhouse gas emissions mm-hmm. play a major role when we want to do something against climate change. Right. And therefore, we also said that uh, we want to make our customers aware uh, of what or how high the emissions are when they transport their goods. And that's why we say, okay, we need to enable our customers that they can easily compare if they choose this vessel or if they choose that vessel, how much CO2 on the same route might be saved just by, by yeah, making a choice for the for the more sustainable solution.
0: Right. Okay. Absolutely. I think, you know, as, as everyone is looking at how something is made, right? We can sit here and say, you know, is my shirt that I'm wearing, is, is this, you know, made of sustainable cotton or whatnot? But it, you really have to look on the end-to-end process and, you know, our, our, CEO said it best, you know, eight, eight percent of all the greenhouse emissions and the gases, it's contributed by the transportation industry. So you can't just stop at, well, how something is made, but you really need to look at it. You know, it's, it's every part of the process here along the way and where we can reduce, right? And make these smart decisions, um, to help better impact our, our global environment. So. Exciting stuff.
1: Exactly. I mean, just choosing the, the, the greenest solution, uh, might not mean that, that you also end up on the slowest service or on the least reliable service. Um, and it's not necessarily a trade off. So you can also figure out that maybe the, most sustainable solution might also be the most
0: reliable and the
1: fastest option that you choose.
0: Okay, good point there. Excellent. So green doesn't always have to mean slow or unreliable. So it could actually be quite the opposite and not just that trade-off factor. Very cool. All right. I want to not, you know, maybe I want to change gears just a little bit. So Recently um there's been a really great new feature to the to the Sea Explorer platform. Um could you tell us a lot more? See, I didn't say a little because I think this is what our our listeners are are looking for. Tell us more about this disruptor indicator. How did this come about? What does it do and, you know, what what can I as a as a shipper? Or what can I as a company use this fascinating thing for? Yeah. Uh,
1: sure, I I figured that we want to talk about the disruption indicator now, <laughs> or oh, even today, yeah, because it's it's our our new kid in town. Of course,
0: can't leave it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I guess volatility uh, within the industry. Has always been around. It will, and it will always be around. Um, but I think the situation we face today is really extreme. And, um, yeah, as you already said, it's even in the, in the whole media, we are, um, informed about, um, port congestions. We are for, informed about, um, empty shelves in the supermarkets and, and that all leads back to, um, the disruptions and the port congestions that we are currently facing. So, um, I don't want to get into that topic too deep because there are probably plenty of podcasts out there already. And maybe, um, there is, yeah, as I said, it's, it's all over the place in the news already.
0: Sure, we 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 made mainstream. So for once, we're we're getting some you know respect out there in, in the business worlds and whatnot in terms of what we do. But albeit, we I think we all wish it was for something else, but that's fine. We'll take it and run with it. And you're right, the supply chain challenges I think have been you know so to say in the the phrase beat to death in in some regards. So let's talk about how we're how we're looking to improve upon this or have better visibility in these volatile markets.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think visibility here is key. So what we do with the disruption indicator is that we um, provide visibility on how bad the situation is in in, um, hotspot ports uh, in terms of vessel waiting times. So there are, as I mentioned earlier, plenty of vessels around the globe waiting in front of ports um, and they wait uh, because other vessels need to leave these terminals before they can can get a free birth. And um, we monitor the situation uh, with the disruption indicator. So uh, what we measure is the, it sounds quite complex, but it's, it's rather easy. Okay. We measure, measure the total TU to waiting time in nine hotspot ports. So we defined um, nine hotspot areas. So the US ports, because that's where we face the major congestions. Mm-hmm. And then also one port in Europe, which is Rotterdam. And then two port areas in Asia. So there is Hong Kong Shenzhen area plus then the Shanghai and Ningbo area. And here we measure the total TU waiting time. So let me give you an example. Um, There is one 10,000 TU vessel waiting in front of a port. So that vessel has a capacity of 10000 TUs, And this vessel is waiting for 12 days. So... The TU waiting time for that vessel would be 120,000 TU waiting days. Okay. Yeah. Easy math. Yeah. But then there is another vessel in front of that port. And that vessel also wants to call the port. And that vessel has maybe 5,000 TUs and needs to wait 10 days. So that ends up with 50,000 TU waiting days. Mm -hmm. So now we just take the total of these two vessels and then we end up with with uh, 170,000 TU waiting days.
0: The easy math version, yes, correct. Mm -hmm. And that's what we measure for all these
1: nine ports around the globe. And this in the end goes into the indicator. Um, where people can see, okay, is the indicator going up or going down? And by that trend line, they will see, okay, is the global situation improving or is it getting worse?
0: Okay. All right. Is there, you know, with this, is there any future looking on it as well, based off of what the, the data has been telling us? Well, right now we have
1: about 12.5 million to you waiting days. It's it's quite a lot, and uh, we well we do not have necessarily exact data from from the past or so from pre pandemic, but we assume that in these nine hotspot ports, the the in a usual situation in a normal situation, this value would be around one million uh, mm-hmm. waiting days.
0: One million on average. Quite a difference. Okay, so that's. And now,
1: when when this indicator goes down, now we hopefully see some, yeah, some uh, less pressure on the supply chains than we have today. Um, yeah, but but let's see. Right now, there is no trend visible. Whether it's <laughs> there is any any improvement.
0: Okay. All right, so I think um, everyone needs to go in and check it on a daily basis and hope to watch that that trend line starts to go down and then we can all maybe sleep a little better at night. Perhaps.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I hope so, yeah. No, uh, what we do right now is that, that we, we publish this indicator on the web webpage or on the tool every day Mm-hmm. But okay. the nice thing about it is you can also track all this on a mobile app.
0: Very 21st century here. So great. So very easy to use from your, from your mobile phone or your tablet. You can log right into the application and, and then see it right away. Huh?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, so you don't need to log into, to
1: the browser version of Seedfair. All the analytics around waiting times is all available now in this, in this mobile app. Um, and, uh, all, yeah. All people who have access to CXBR also can download this app, uh, from, from the Play Store or from the, from the Apple Store, install it on the mobile. And then they every day will get an overview of what the situation is. Okay. And, uh, they cannot just see this, this indicator. They, we, we publish also there some, some additional data on waiting times and these hotspot ports like how many vessels uh, there are waiting right now, what the capacity is that is blocked by these vessels and um, yeah, what the average waiting time over the last seven days and 40 days is in these ports.
0: Okay, cool. So two things for you, Catherine. One, could you repeat what the app name is for everybody in case they missed it, that they can look to download? Is it Sea Explorer? Yeah, exactly. When you go to the, to okay. the app store, you just need
1: to search for Sea
0: Explorer and uh, then you know what to do. Then you know what to do. And <laughs> I, I think most of us these days uh, can, can figure it out, even if we're not some of the younger folks. Uh, then my second question is, as I'm sure and, and people are thinking, well, how do I get access to CX4? Uh,
1: well, the simplest thing would be becoming a culinary customer. So, because all our customers, they, they have access. Um, and, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so we, we have this, uh, we have Seatsboro within our, um, online application suite that we provide to customers with within, yeah, MyCam. So for, okay, for booking, for tracking, for tracing, but also for exploring, you can use uh, MyCam and within that we have for available. But then we also have like, um, people uh, not the traditional Kunonan customer um, who use Seedfor. And there we have a separate webpage, seedfor.com, and those who have a Seedfor account can also log in from that webpage.
0: Okay, so there's there's definitely a couple of ways to do this, but uh, I think... You know, being a little selfish here, we can all laugh and say, "Yes, become a Kunanago customer." Very well said, Catherine. And uh, <laughs> and you have the access to it, so it's it's a great uh, feature, a great value add that we can provide. Okay, so I want to go ahead and I want to start to to wrap things up. I really appreciate you being here, but before we go, and I always like to I always like to throw these ones in here uh, while we're finishing up. So I hope I hope I don't throw you off too much, but. Tell us what the future looks like. So can can you share with us any roadmap developments without getting in trouble? What are some things that we should all be on the lookout for?
1: Now you want to know the secrets, huh? Oh, always. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, no, but but before before I come to the to the future, maybe one more thing that might also be interesting is we just launched also a port detail page. Okay. So what does that mean? Um, on, on the port detail page, um, so it, it's very simple. You go to Sea look for a port like New York, and, uh, then, um, you will see, okay, which container vessels are currently in New York, um, when did they arrive? When were they expected to arrive? Um, you will see which vessels have rec- recently left the port, mm-hmm. and, um, then, uh, you will also be able to see, um, in the next step, uh what the waiting time for vessels in these ports is. Yeah. Or in these ports are. So um great stuff um is, is launched on that one, and we haven't talked about that, so that's why I wanted to mention this. Um, but talking about new stuff, uh I think we we have a lot of valuable features and, and also functionality enhancements in our mind. Um but on the other hand, our strength is also to react quickly to to changing user requirements and also to to changing market environments. So it could mean that things that we have currently on our roadmap um, might change a little or might be postponed because other features might become important. That's also how we start with the with the app um, and with the disruption indicator because. Um, we said, okay, this is something we need to work on right now because this is a major pain point for our customers. Uh, but um, yeah, talking about the things that, that we have in the pipeline right now and what the team is currently working on is um, that we want to add additional important parameters to our port-to-port routings. So each for each routing, we will add a on-time performance Indicator. Oh, yeah.
0: okay. That, I think that's a very interesting to a lot of folks out there, for sure. Yeah.
1: So you will be able to compare the announced transit time from carriers, the realistic lead time, and then you will also see how many vessels of that particular service have been on time over the last few months, few weeks. So then, for example, we would show, okay, on that service, 68% of the vessels have been on time. And then this gives you a much more, um, yeah, informative picture on on the reliability of, of services.
0: Oh, absolutely. From a QBR, an MOR standpoint, a conversation, a planning standpoint, and it affects so many different things. Now, 68%, you are being nice right now and generous because <laughs> <Yeah, I know. laughs> hopefully, you know, we will get to that point here again, which still isn't great, but, you know, wishful thinking here in the near future.
1: Yeah. Yeah and And the other thing that will certainly be be interesting is that we will also you know, give like previews into services that carriers will launch in the near future, so that the user will be able to see, okay, these are the upcoming services, uh, this is the capacity of these services, this is how the service structure looks like. Um, yeah, I think this this will be also very valuable because then you can already include these routines and these services into your into your future plans. All right.
0: Well very good. Very exciting stuff. Catherine, thank you so much for being here with me today. I do appreciate it and I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, it was great to be here. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great
1: format this this podcast. And uh, yeah I, I also hope that maybe when you invite me next time that I can tell you some some more about future features or features that i life
0: now absolutely i plan on it so thank you again and to everybody out there be sure to follow us and to ensure that you are up to date on our latest podcast episodes that drop but thanks again and i really really enjoy talking about visibility in this volatile market today so stay tuned for more thank you and thank you to everyone for listening